Well, you may be seated. I want to greet each of you here uh, today and everyone joining us online. It's good to be in the house of the Lord for another worship service. I'm grateful for this opportunity to share the word this morning. And thank you once again, Pastor Charles Blake II, for your encouragement and your support. Before you leave, I want to make sure that you grab uh, a copy of my sermon notes. As many as you uh, know, I like to uh, give you something to hold on to um, before you leave. And it's something that you can also meditate on through the week. Amen? Amen. Well, I want to speak this morning from the third and the fourth chapters of the book of Acts. These chapters recount the dramatic healing of a lame man and the powerful effect that that miracle has on the people who witness it. Now, because that story is somewhat long, I'm going to read a few selected verses from the two chapters and then fill in the rest uh, in my description. So if you have your Bibles if you, or you have your mobile phones, please turn with me to Acts chapter 3. And let me first begin by reading verses 1 through 3. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. Now let me skip down to verse 6. Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Continuing with verses 8 through 10. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. I'd be excited too, amen? And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Now, please turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 4, verses 16 and 17. Now, at this point in the story, Peter and John have been preaching the gospel and thousands of people have come to faith in Christ. The religious authorities are extremely angry and Peter and John are arrested. Yet, no one can deny that a genuine miracle has taken place. In verses 16 and 17, some of the religious officials ask the following question. What shall we do to these men? For indeed, that a notable miracle has been done through them is evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But so that it spreads no further, 
among the people. Let us severely threaten them that from now on they speak to no one in this name. Verse 18 says that the council of religious leaders commanded Peter and John not to speak at all nor to teach in the name of Jesus. However, the apostles are not moved by the threats of the religious council. Amen? And neither should we. <laughs> the leaders of the council eventually release Peter and John from prison. Why? Because there's lack of evidence. And the apostles commit themselves to preach Jesus Christ with even greater intensity than before. Now, this is the part I really like. And this is what I want you to pay attention to. In Acts chapter 4, verses 24 through 31, the saints pray for a powerful move of God. So let me read verses 29 through 31. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word, by stretching out your hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Hallelujah. Boldness. Concluding with verse 33, and with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And great grace was upon them all. Amen? So my message this morning is entitled, An Atmosphere for Miracles. An Atmosphere for miracles. A miracle is an unusual manifestation of God's power in which he glorifies himself and causes wonder and amazement among people. Acts chapters 3 and 4 reveal an atmosphere in which God's power brings physical healing. It brings joy, it brings salvation, spiritual vitality, and holy boldness. It is an atmosphere of preaching and prayer. It is an atmosphere of faith and expectation. It is an atmosphere of Holy Ghost power. And it is an atmosphere for miracles. Hallelujah. How many of you today are praying for a miracle of some kind? Amen? I know I am. Well, the good news is that the Holy Spirit is here today to bring life and healing and deliverance and salvation. Tell your neighbor, the Spirit of the Lord is here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In our text this morning, Peter and John encounter a lame man at the temple gate called Beautiful. The man asks for money, but Peter does not give him what he asks for. He gives him what he really needs. Amen? 
And that's how God works. He often gives us the specific things for which we ask. But he's more concerned about the real needs in our lives rather than just the things that we want. Amen? The beggar, because he was lame from birth, he probably never thought that he could ever walk, right? He probably never considered that as a possibility. But God wanted to make him whole, amen? Hallelujah. God wants to do so much more than what we ask for. So don't limit God. Nothing is impossible with him, amen? Peter extends the healing power of God to the lame man, and the man is instantly made whole through the name of Jesus Christ. The text says in Acts 3, 7, and 8, Peter took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. Hallelujah. The healing of the lame man charges the atmosphere with excitement. This miracle is public. This miracle is instantaneous. This miracle is undeniable. And this miracle is complete. Amen? Luke, who wrote the book of Acts, was a physician. Therefore, he gives a thorough and descriptive account of this miracle of healing. When God does something, right, when, he, when he's the one who does it, right, then his actions can be observed and examined with confidence, right, by scientists, by doctors, and even by skeptics, amen? So if you believe that God has healed you of your condition, it's always wise to allow your doctors to verify the miracle. God is still moving today, and whatever he does is thorough, amen? Can I get a witness? So I pray that God will touch many of you before this day is over. Amen? Somebody shout, Lord, I believe. As we read further in the book of Acts, we see that the miracle really shakes up the community and causes quite a bit of controversy. Yet the apostles continue to minister in the name of Jesus. And they eventually get put into prison. However, the advance of the gospel cannot be stopped as Jesus Christ is proclaimed with conviction and with power. As many as 15,000 people come to Christ because of this one miracle. The religious officials, of course, are upset. Uh, they, they don't like the spread of the Christian message but their opposition to the gospel does not discourage the saints. Amen? In fact, the people of God pray for even greater boldness in preaching the good news. 
So they pray that God would stretch forth his hand to heal and to perform signs and wonders. In this atmosphere for miracles, the place where they are is shaken and they are all filled with the Holy Spirit and they proclaim the word of God with boldness. Amen? Hallelujah. So, what do we need to set the stage for miracles or to create the atmosphere for God to work miracles? I'd like to mention four important things that are revealed in our text. First of all, an atmosphere of miracles is created when we exalt the name of Jesus Christ in worship and in ministry. Amen? An atmosphere for miracles is created when we exalt the name of Jesus Christ in worship and in ministry. Throughout the third and fourth chapters of Acts, the name of Jesus is exalted. It is lifted up. It's magnified. It's reverenced. Amen? For example, in Acts chapter 4 and 12, Peter declares that salvation comes through faith in the name of Jesus Christ. He says, nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Amen? Hallelujah. The name of Jesus represents the person of Jesus. The name of Jesus represents all that he is and all that he has. Jesus is the Savior. He desires to save us in every area of our lives. He wants to save us spiritually. He wants to save us mentally and emotionally. And he wants to save us physically. He can rescue us from sin and spiritual death, fear and guilt, habits and addictions, ignorance and mental illness, Satan and demons, despair and emotional bondage, physical sickness, and ultimately even death itself. Hallelujah. The mission of Jesus Christ is about soul salvation. Amen? But it's also about whole salvation. The mission of Jesus Christ is about whole salvation. Salvation includes everything that makes us whole as human beings. So I define salvation as God's rescue of us from the things that would diminish or destroy us in our spirits, our minds, our bodies, our relationships, or other aspects of our humanity. Salvation includes not only the forgiveness of sin, but also God's protection, and God's peace, and God's healing, and God's deliverance, and God's general well-being. So the name of Jesus then represents all that God has for us. And his name, when spoken in faith, based on a relationship with him, 
will release life-changing power. Amen? Hallelujah. So let us take a moment right now to exalt the name of Jesus. Repeat after me. Jesus, you are my Savior. Jesus, you are my healer. Jesus, you are my refuge. Jesus, you are my peace. Jesus, you are my Lord. Jesus, I surrender all to you. Jesus, I bless your holy name. Now give him a hand clap of praise. The name of Jesus is powerful. The name of Jesus gives us the authority to minister effectively. Jesus Christ is the name that, through which the gospel is preached and miracles are wrought. Amen? Peter says to the lame man in Acts 3.6, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth rise and walk. Peter does not speak on the grounds of his own authority, but rather on the grounds of the authority of the Son of God. To minister in the name of Jesus is to minister on behalf of Jesus or to minister as an extension of Jesus. If Jesus Christ were physically present in this cathedral, what would he do this morning? Well, we know that he would preach the good news of salvation, amen? He'd heal the sick, definitely. He'd cast out demons, right? And he'd meet the needs of the entire congregation, right? So when we pray for these things, we participate with Jesus to do the work of his Father, amen? So to minister in the name of Jesus means to act on his authority so that he alone gets the glory. Amen? Hallelujah. So Peter wasn't just flippantly using the name of Jesus, right? He was walking in intimate relationship with Jesus, right? And he felt the heartbeat of Jesus, so he was able to speak into that situation, the same thing that Jesus himself would have done. Does that make sense? So you can't just tag in Jesus' name on those things that originate in your own mind, right? You have to be walking in union with God, submitted to his will, right? And that is the context through which the power of the name of Jesus will flow, amen? Peter says in Acts 4.10, let it be known to you all and to all people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
And it is that name through which you will receive your wholeness as well. Amen. Peter wants no one to misunderstand how this great miracle has occurred. Jesus Christ is responsible for this wonderful healing. So Peter gives the Lord complete credit for it. Amen. He didn't say, well, you know, I'm the great apostle and that's the reason why you're whole. He points the attention straight to Jesus, who's the one who works the miracle. Amen? So when God works a miracle for you, don't take credit for it. <laughs> don't forget to thank him and to give him the glory and the honor. Amen? Keep your focus on him. So an atmosphere for miracles is created when we exalt the name of Jesus Christ in worship and ministry. Secondly, an atmosphere for miracles requires our faith. Now, let, let me define faith uh, very precisely for you. Faith is an unshakable trust in the Lord Jesus Christ that causes us to believe and to act on the word of God. Let me say that again. Faith is an unshakable trust in the Lord Jesus Christ that causes us to believe and to act on the word of God. On the word of God. So this is the cry of faith. Lord, I put my full trust in you. Right? That's the first cry. Lord, I believe your word. Right? So it's not, Lord, give me, give me, give me. <laughs> it's, Lord, I put my full trust in you. Lord, I believe your word. Lord, I will obey what the Bible tells me to do. Lord, I say yes to your will and yes to your way. Lord, you are the fulfillment of every need that I have. Lord, I surrender my life to you. Use me for your glory. That's the cry of faith. Amen? Faith more than anything else is about our, our relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Let me say it again. Faith more than anything else is about our relationship with God through Jesus Christ. So think about it. We ask God for all kinds of things, don't we? Right? And there's nothing wrong with asking God for things. But faith is more than a belief that God will do something that we want. This, this is so key, right? Faith is the expression of the loving relationship that we share with God. Biblical faith focuses so intently on Jesus Christ that one's problems begin to pale in comparison to his majesty. Amen? Amen? In the words of the songwriter, Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Amen? So we're focusing on Jesus and our problems begin to diminish in comparison to his majesty. Amen? 
So Jesus Christ is the only proper object of faith. Amen? So it's not faith for a house or faith for a car. It's faith in Jesus Christ. And he's the provider, and he'll provide a car and a house, but the faith is in Jesus and in him alone. Amen? God wants to give us more than the things that we ask for. He wants to give us a relationship with himself through faith in his son, Jesus Christ. So real faith has the Lord Jesus Christ as the object of that faith. Amen? Amen. Of course we want to be blessed. Of course we want to be healed. Of course, we want to escape the problems that we're facing. But we must get to the point where Jesus is more important to us than the things after which we seek. Amen? Now, don't misunderstand me. The Lord's going to bless us. He's going to work miracles for us. Amen? But we need to appreciate him simply for who he is, right? Not just for what he is going to do or we want him to do. So if we put our faith in the Lord and are in relationship with him, then we can walk in confidence knowing that God is with us. Now, now think about it. For Peter to make such a bold proclamation of healing to the lame man, he had to be assured <laughs> that God was with him, right? He, he needed to be assured of God's presence and God's endorsement. That's why I said it. He didn't just walk up to him flippantly, right? He, he had to know that this was what God's will was. So he simply flowed in God's will and invoked the name of Jesus Christ. So that assurance that he had then was given to him because he was fully committed to the Lord's agenda. And that, that's the place where we need to be. We need to be fully committed to the Lord's agenda, not our own self-centered agendas. Amen? Now, as I think about it, in, uh, Peter and the lame man both had faith, right? And you might say, oh, might not have thought of it that way, but Peter had to believe that when he invoked the name of Jesus, the power of God would manifest, right? But the lame man had to believe that his obedient response to Peter would actually result in a healing, amen? So both Peter and the lame man exhibited faith in Jesus Christ. So Peter says in Acts 3.16, and the name of Jesus, through faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Amen? An atmosphere for miracles requires faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. He has the power to do whatever we need, amen? 
Now, some of you may be weak in your faith this morning. Maybe you've experienced a major disappointment in life. Or perhaps you've been waiting for many years for a breakthrough. So I want to encourage you that God has not forgotten you. God, amen. You can give him praise and glory. God is working on a divine timetable. And he's going to meet your need, right, at the moment that will bring him the greatest glory and bring you the maximum benefit. Amen? So don't give up. Don't lose hope. Don't throw in the towel. Right? God still loves you, and he is with you. Now, now check this out. Now, um, the lame man was brought there uh, day after day. Right? He was lame from birth. So that means that Jesus himself and the disciples had probably passed by him many times, right? And you're probably like, wow, well, Jesus didn't heal him. But I'm sure Jesus was like, just wait. God has a timing for you. You know, he's going to come through for you at just the right moment, right? It was when Peter and John encountered the man in our text on that special day right, that God gave him the miracle that he really needed, amen, so Jesus hadn't forgotten about him, God hadn't forgotten about him, but his appointed time was that day, right, and not only was he healed, right, but thousands of people came into the kingdom of God, so trust in God's wisdom and his power and his love and his timing, amen, hallelujah, so keep trusting him, He's going to come through for you at just the right time. Your miracle may even be today. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, I believe in the power of God. Tell someone else, I believe in the love of God. Somebody shout, God has a miracle for me. Now give the Lord a clap offering for that. So an atmosphere for miracles requires us to exalt the name of Jesus in worship and ministry. And it requires faith. Thirdly, an atmosphere for miracles requires prayer. Amen? Now look, we have prayer 6 a.m. We have a prayer call at 12 noon. Thursday is the national day of prayer. We're a praying church, amen? So avail yourselves of the many opportunities that there are here at this church for prayer, especially corporate prayer. There's something special when the people of God get together to pray. In fact, the entire Bible testifies to the importance of prayer. We all can quote 2 Chronicles 7.14, right? God says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear them from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. Amen? One of my favorite verses is James 5.16, 
King James says, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The NIV says that the prayers of the righteous are powerful and effective. I like that. The prayers of the righteous are powerful and effective. Prayer is one of the most important Christian activities. This magnificent story of healing in our text begins with Peter and John going to the temple to pray. Amen? And it ends with the believers praying for boldness to preach the gospel. So prayer is like bookends on this wonderful story of healing and miracles. And the prayers of the people are so powerful that the place where they are gathered is shaken, right? Now, we need to commit ourselves to that type of intensity in prayer, amen? Let's shake some stuff up, amen, through our prayers. Hallelujah. I challenge you to reach out to God with intensity in prayer and trust him to do wonderful things in your life. Prayer does not require eloquence. Prayer does not require a degree in theology. Sometimes all we need to do is to cry out to God for help. Amen? Help me, Lord, I'm hurting. Help me, Lord, I'm broken. Help me, Lord, I'm anxious. Help me, Lord, I'm confused. Help me, Lord, I'm afraid. Help me, Lord, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Dear God, you are my only hope. You're bigger than my problem, and I need your help right now. Somebody shout, I need you now. Hallelujah. Help us, Lord. We need you today. Child of God, the healing that you need is in Christ right now. The peace that you need is in Jesus Christ right now. The power that you need is in Jesus Christ right now. The favor that you need is in Christ right now. I love the words of the hymn writer. It says, your arm, O Lord, in days of old was strong to heal and save. It triumphed over disease and death, over darkness and the grave. We need you now, O Christ, our King, to save us in this hour. Restore our health, renew our strength, and fill us with your power. Hallelujah. Child of God, the Lord hears our cries for help. Psalm 46 and 1 says that he is a very present or ever-present help in time of trouble. Hebrews 4, 14 through 16 describe Jesus as a compassionate and merciful high priest through whom we receive grace to help in time of need. Do you need him now? Then his grace is available to you right now. Hallelujah. Now that grace may take several forms. 
right? Sometimes God's grace is in the form of wisdom to face our trials, amen? Sometimes that grace is in the form of strength to persevere, hallelujah. Sometimes that grace comes in the form of a miracle of healing like in our text, amen? Whenever and however God decides to show up in your situation, it will be what is best for you, amen? Hallelujah. But God's great power is accessed through prayer. When the people of God call on him, he moves on our behalf, amen? Let's put our hands together and give him some praise. An atmosphere for miracles requires for us to exalt the name of Jesus Christ in worship and ministry. It also requires our faith to be put into the Lord, right? We we focus on him and put our full trust in him. And it requires prayer. Fourthly and finally, an atmosphere for miracles is created when we are filled with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Acts 4.31 says of the believers, and when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God with boldness. How many spirit-filled believers do I have here this morning? Hallelujah. To be filled with the Spirit is to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. It's to be guided by the Holy Spirit. It means to participate with the Holy Spirit in how the Holy Spirit is moving. The Holy Spirit teaches He leads, he strengthens, and he empowers the people of God. And of course, this empowerment, we all know well, is called the baptism in the Holy Spirit. So after a person is born again, that person must yield to the Holy Spirit continually, not just one time, continually and repeatedly, right? And then God will enable us to do his works with greater effectiveness. Of course, an initial physical evidence of the baptism is the ability to pray in tongues. Other results of spirit baptism may include holy boldness, like in our text, right? Or the emergence of spiritual gifts such as prophecy or discernment or healings or miracles or words of knowledge. The Holy Spirit can empower any area of our lives and make it of greater use for the kingdom of God. Even if you're a janitor, you can do that work in the power of the Holy Spirit and people can get saved and healed even as you do that. Hallelujah. Whatever we do for God becomes more effective when we yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit and allow him to empower us. 
Jesus said in Acts 1.8, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Now, what is empowerment? The Holy Spirit empowers us. That means that he helps us to do what we could not do by ourselves or on our own, amen? So the power of the Holy Spirit is absolutely necessary for Christian ministry. I love uh, the words of Peter in Acts chapter 2, verses 38 and 39. Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. Amen? That means that the Holy Spirit is available to each of us right now. Amen? So let's petition the Lord for a fresh infilling. Everybody stand, if, if you would. Lift your hands and say, Lord, fill me with the Holy Spirit. Lord, we receive. Somebody shout, anointing fall on me. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Feel your people. Be filled with the Spirit in Jesus' name. Be refilled with the Spirit in Jesus' name. We yield to you, Holy Spirit. We humble ourselves before you. We need your empowerment. Empower every area of our lives.